sharing the last couple of weeks about about prayer, we talked about, you know, that we first of all come to our Father, that we come out of a relationship, that when we pray, it's it's not just to the man upstairs, but it's to our Heavenly Father. And it's because we have a relationship with Him. And then we talked about His name, that His name is the name that's above every other name. You know, we're not just... We're not just talking to a God that's made up. We're not talking to a God that's made with hands, but we're talking about a living God, a God who comes and, and ministers to us, lives within us. He's there for us. He's with us. And today I want to talk about, and, and like I said before, I'm not necessarily doing a, a series on the Lord's Prayer. Um, I'm going to been picking, obviously, parts of it today. I do want to talk about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, when we think about it, we all we all belong to something, or most some of us do. Maybe there's somebody that doesn't belong to anything, but um, you know, we we belong to different things. You know, we belong to groups. Right now, the fair is going on, and you know, people belong to 4-H. People belong to the American Legion. People belong to a team. They belong to a school. Maybe you belong to a bowling league, a golf league. There's all kinds of groups out there that we can belong to. You know, and we're all, if nothing else, we don't belong to any groups. If nothing else, we're, we're all citizens. We're, well, I think, we, I think so anyway. I think we're all citizens of a country. And we belong to the United States of America. And, you know, as Christians, we belong to things. You know, the Bible says we're in the world. We're not of the world. But we do. We do belong to things. It is, there's not a thing wrong with belonging to things. You know, there's nothing wrong with belonging to something, having some groups that we participate with. But I think as Christians, we have to remember where we really belong and where our allegiance is really to. In Philippians, the third chapter, the 20th verse, it says, Our citizenship is in heaven, for, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. We kind of, you know, we're in this world and there's so many things going on around us, but I believe for Christians, we have to remind ourselves periodically and maybe quite often that we are citizens of another kingdom. We are citizens in heaven. You know, we're just temporarily here on this earth. And I notice also as you get older, you say, thank goodness. I notice that. Uh, I never, you know, when you're young, I could have never figured that out. That didn't seem to make sense to me in a lot of ways. But as I get older, I seem to think that thought. Oh, good. You know, there's something more than this. There's something more than this. Because we're citizens of the kingdom. We're members of the kingdom of God. Earlier on, a few months ago, I preached, uh, talked about what the kingdom of God was. But, you know, it's important for us to realize that we're part of a kingdom. So when Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, what are we really asking for? To be part of God's kingdom, just to remind us, you know, the Bible says unless we're born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. It's a spiritual kingdom. And we have to be born again to be part of the kingdom. You can't just join. You know, you can't just go through some kind of ritualistic thing and join the kingdom of God. We have to be born into it. We're born by the Spirit of God. We're born again to be part of his kingdom. And in this kingdom, 
it's important for us to remember that kingdoms have something quite obvious, and that's called a king. You know, it's different than a democracy. You know, we have a president, and uh, he's a person that's elected. And uh, in a kingdom, there's a king. And in a kingdom, the king's in charge. And so when we become part of a kingdom, the kingdom of God, the first and foremost thing we have to realize is that that makes God in charge because he's the king. You know, we sing we sing a lot of songs about him being the king and, and we realize that, but what does it really mean to us? What does it really mean to us that he's the king? Well, since he's the king, that makes us servants, slaves sometimes to the king, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It means we... Take orders from the king. We serve the king. We honor the king. You know, the king is number one. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, I believe it's important for us to think about what are we really praying? Thy kingdom come. What do I want to happen? Well, the idea being, I think, first and foremost, is thy kingdom come means thy kingdom come into my life. Thy kingdom come into my life. That it's not about me. It's not about me. You know, so many times, so many times and in so many ways, you know, everything's about me. I personally think one of the tragedies that, that my generation has done over the last several years is we raised children and grandchildren who think the world revolves around them. And you know, folks, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. I don't know how it happened exactly. <laughs> I sometimes look at it and I think, I didn't think that's what I was trying to teach. I didn't, you know, but somehow, somehow we have a generation that thinks everything revolves around them. That if it's not quite to their liking, what do they do? They throw fits. They throw fit. I, I was listening to a parent the other day say, well, I wanted my children to do this, but they threw a fit, and so I didn't. I kind of gave in to it. I'm thinking, don't do that. Don't do that. We end up with a generation that throws fits every time they don't get what they want. You know, and, it's, and when you start to think about the kingdom of God, that's a whole opposite concept of what the kingdom of God is. That God's in charge. He's the king. And we take orders from him. We do what he says. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. You know, when we think about our prayers, sometimes you got to think about when I pray, well, it's what I want, what I think. What I, well, you know, this would make me happy. This would make me more comfortable. This would make life better. This would make things the way I think they ought to be. So I pray. I want this and this and this and this. But when we pray, thy kingdom come, that should change. Because now I'm saying, Lord, let your way be done. Let your way be done. And I just want you to know that sometimes God isn't really worried about your comfort. You know, that sometimes may be a shock to us, but um, over the years I've, you know, you know sometimes you've got to learn it. It takes a while. Sometimes you go through what? You go through processes. You go through life. And you also realize that maybe God's kingdom and what God wants isn't always about my comfort. 
that, you know, maybe he has things for us to do that are out of our comfort zone. Things that, things that well, I don't know if I really want to do that. I don't know if I really, I don't always feel comfortable doing that. Or I don't know that, I don't, I don't know if I like to do that because it makes me nervous. I just want you to know when we pray thy kingdom come, that God will put us in places sometimes that maybe make us nervous. Some places that maybe aren't always comfortable. But when we pray thy kingdom come, we're asking him for what's best for the kingdom. That it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about his kingdom. We start to see life differently. That I start to maybe see life as, you know, this is about God's plan. God's plan is more important than what I want or what I think or how I think it ought to be. That it's about God's kingdom. That it's not, it's not about me. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is more than stuff. It's more than, it's more than what I see or what I experience. The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy, spiritual things. That's what the kingdom of God's about. It's about spiritual things. And you think about sometimes how we pray. We pray very temporal. We pray about a lot of things around us. You know, not that we should not pray for those things, but folks, our focus needs to be on the kingdom. The Bible even says if we seek him and his kingdom, that he'll give us the rest of it. I'm not even sure how much we have to ask for it sometimes, you know. That the Bible says if we seek his kingdom, he'll take care of the rest of it. He'll, he'll provide for us. And so, so we need to see that it's a kingdom. And we start to see things different. We start to see maybe that people are important. I always say, you know, we joke about when you die, you can't take it with you. You know, well, you, you know, no sense accumulating a bunch of stuff. You can't take it with you. You know, we joke about the people that try and, you know, put a trailer behind the hearse and haul all your stuff to the grave and all those things. But, you know, I've come to this point. From what I see, the only thing we're taking with us is people. The only thing going to the kingdom of God, the only thing going to heaven is people. And so in this life, I start to see things different. I start to see the value of people. That eternity is more real than this life. And I start to see that serving others is a priority. And I start to see that sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with neighbors and friends and family, that that's more important than a lot of other stuff. That, you know, I'm called because it's a kingdom. And there's kingdom principles. And the kingdom we belong to has a priority. And so as Christians, we pray thy kingdom come. And when we pray thy kingdom come, first and foremost, it comes in my life. It comes in my life and it changes me. And thy kingdom come. You know, it's, it's not like God's going to just magically send down his kingdom and change our country or change the world. He's going to come and he's going to change people one at a time. And his kingdom comes to us as individuals. And individuals then share with others. And then things begin to change. Change only can come through God and his spirit moving in people's hearts and lives.
in hearts and lives. So we pray thy kingdom come. And then we seek the will of God. We seek his will. We seek thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In John the fifth chapter. John the fifth chapter. The 30th verse. Jesus himself said. He says. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. Now think about it. Jesus came, the Son of God, came to this earth. He was God and man. And he said, I came. And he said, I don't even seek my own will. He says, but I seek the will of my Father. And if Jesus himself said he needed to seek the will of our Father, how much more do we need to know the will of our Heavenly Father? We need to know, Lord, thy kingdom come your will be done. Lord, your will be done. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in me. I surrender to you. Let your will be done. You know, I believe that God's will is not always an unknown. I think sometimes as Christians we're lazy I think sometimes we're lazy and thy will be done is a cop-out. I'm not saying, I'll, I'll explain myself. Because I think God in his word shares much more about what his will is than we ever want to find out. That he tells us what his will is. You know, it's not a complete unknown. Now there's some things in life that there are unknowns. And there's times when we pray, but I believe there's times when we can absolutely know what the will of God is based on his word and what he says. Now, I personally believe that times like what we're going through with our presidential election, you know, I've, I've alluded to this before, but, you know, I think you can pray, Lord, let your will be done in this situation. Because as I look at it, and as most people look at it, what do we all say? Oh, my goodness, I can't figure this out. Now, maybe some of us think we have it figured out real clear, but there's a lot of people that look at it and say, wow, I can't figure this out, Lord. Oh, wow, I don't know. Lord, let your will be done. Lord, have your way. Have your way. But I believe that there's a lot of times when we can find God's will. We can find and know his will. And let me say this. You're not going to find it. When, well, most of the time, depending on what you watch, but most of the time on TV, you're not going to find God's will unless you're listening to somebody speaking God's word. Okay, that is available. For those of you who didn't know it, there's places you can find God's word on TV. But by and large, if you're just kind of watching TV for the local news or the local whatever, you're not going to find God's will there. You're not going to necessarily find God's will on the Internet. Now, now I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying... There's a lot of other stuff there. You're not necessarily going to find God's will on Facebook. Now, you can find a lot of information there, and you may find there are people, Christians, who share God's word on Facebook, so you can find it. But I'm just telling you, folks, the only place to find God's will is in his word. It's not from all the other things that come at us. 
and we get a lot of stuff coming at us. We are bombarded with information, and we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful that we know that God's will comes from his word, his word. In Matthew, the seventh chapter, Matthew, the seventh chapter, the 21st verse. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done wonderful, done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What does it say there that to enter the kingdom of God we have to do? It says we have to do the will of our Father. We have to do God's will. And we can, if, we, if we're supposed to do his will, wouldn't you think he's going to tell us what his will is? I mean, he's not going to say, do my will, do what I want, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. No, he tells us in his word what his will is. And we need to know that. We need to know that. In Matthew twelve fifty. Matthew 12, verse 50. Jesus said, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does the will, whoever does the will of God is part of the family of God. So we need to be able to do his will. So to do his will, I have to know what it is. And the only place I can find it is in the word of God. And there's no shortcuts, folks. There's no shortcuts. If you're not reading the word of God, you're not going to know the will of God. Not a shortcut. Not a shortcut. We have to read his word to know his will. And then when we know his will, I want you to know when we pray, thy will be done. If we know what his will is, we can pray what he's already said. We can pray the will of God because he's told us it's not a secret. He's told us what his will is. So there's times when we can pray, thy will be done, because I know what the word of God says. So it's not like, oh, Lord, thy will be done, because I sure can't figure this out, and I just don't know what to do. There's many times when we do know because of what he's already told us in his word. Let me give you a couple examples. These are just two examples. Matthew, the eighth chapter, the second verse. I'm going to read from the beginning of the first verse. Matthew 8. <clears throat> when Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Below, behold, a leper came and worshipped him and said, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. Okay, the man, the man had leprosy. He came and he worshipped Jesus and he says, Lord, if you're willing. I believe he hadn't. He probably knew or heard about Jesus I think he heard about the miracles, and so he said, well, Lord, if you're willing. I don't believe he knew, you know, at that point in time, he wasn't a follower and didn't know the word, but he just said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, here's Jesus' response. Jesus put out his hand, and he touched him and said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. The man says, Lord, if you're willing. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I'm willing. I'm willing. 
I believe he's willing to heal us. I believe it's his will. I believe it's his will. Now, our biggest problem is we have all kinds of stuff around us that tell us about what's happened to so-and-so, what's happened to this person, what's happened to that person, all the things going on around us, like, oh, I don't know if this is possible. I'm just telling you, folks, I believe according to the will of God, or the word of God, it's the will of God to heal us. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you everybody gets healed. I'm telling you that's his will. I say that because it's important for us to have a point of, okay, when I pray, what am I going to pray? I want to pray what the Word of God says. I want to pray what God says about this. And now I need to study and read because I get all kinds of information from other places that tell me. I mean, I just listen to to TV nowadays and all the advertisements that come on. Number one, they try to convince you you got every disease in the world. And then they want to sell you the pill to, to cure all those diseases, and then they want to tell you what all the, all the repercussions of all those pills are. And when you take those pills, don't read the bottles, folks. You know, I can't believe it. You know, some of them, if I, if I, I'm amazed, you know, it says, well, you know, the side effects could be this, 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 and death. Here, take two, you know. I mean, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we shouldn't take that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, isn't that interesting? It's just interesting. I, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't take the pills. You know, if, if the doctor says you need that and that's what you think and that's where you're at, that's great. You know, but it's just interesting to me how much on TV. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a warrior sort of guy. And, you know, I hate those commercials. I hate them. You know, they don't build me up. They don't make me feel better after I listen to them. You know, but when I read the Word of God, it encourages me. It builds faith. You know, so I'm very careful. Some commercials, I will flip through the commercials to avoid that stuff. And then some lawyer wants to tell me that if all the bad things happen, he's going to represent me. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Think about it. I'm telling you, when, you're, when, you need, when you need healing, you need faith. And that, that's a whole other teaching, folks. But I'm just telling you, the Word of God, what does the Word of God say? We need to know what God's will is. We need to know what God's will is. Here's another one. Um, in Matthew, the 18th chapter. Matthew, the 18th chapter, the 14th verse. Jesus said, even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. He's talking about, you know, he had 100 sheep and he went back after one that was lost. And it says that he does not want one to perish. He doesn't want one to perish. It is God's will that no one perish. It is God's will that no one perish. Now, does everybody get saved? No. But it's God's will that nobody perishes. I know what his word says. So when I pray, I pray according to his word. And I pray, Lord, touch their hearts because I know it's your will to touch them. I don't pray, Lord, if it's your will, please save my neighbor. It's already his will. He doesn't want no one to perish. 
And so I pray according to his will because, Lord, I know your will. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. That's how we pray. That's how we pray about situations that we know what the word of God says. We know what the word of God says. And we, the Bible says we stand on his word. You know, I'll never, I'll never forget a friend of mine, long, long, some of you may, have, well, some of you remember him, but it's been a long time. I live long enough to say that now. It's been a long time. But uh, John Toronto, that might be a name some of you know. But John had uh, liver and pancreatic cancer probably 40, 50 years ago. Terminal. I mean, that's when you get that, they come in and they give you their, this is terminal. And I remember John saying in the hospital, he said, I took my Bible out, and I laid it on the floor, and I stood on it. And he said, Lord, I stand on your word. That's where he took his stand. He took his stand on what the word of God said. See, we need to know his word so that we can take a stand on it. This is where I stand. This is what I believe. This is what I know is true. Oh, by the way, John's still alive. He runs Toronto Pizza in, in Polaris Parkway in Columbus, Ohio. You know, he lived. I'm not saying that's the magic formula. You know, anytime you're sick, get your Bible out and stand on it. You know, people start to do that stuff. You know, well, here's what you do. That's not the point. John was making a decision to stand on what he believed and what he knew. He stood on the word and what God said, and he trusted him. And there's times when that's what we do. We trust the word of God, and we take a stand. and We believe this is what God said. And I know it's true because of his word. If we're not sure, then we can pray. It's okay to pray, Lord, let your will be done. I'm not sure. But times when he's already said in his word, we can know what he said. There's something about praying the word of God, folks. You just agree with what God's already said. You know, in the Bible, there was times when people said, Lord, let it be done according to your word. You said it. Lord, let it be done according to your word because I'm trusting you. I'm trusting what you've said. And that's, we need to have that confidence when we pray. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Have your way. It's about you. It's about your kingdom. It's about what you want. You know, and, and it's important for us. I believe as Christians, pray, 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 pray. I can't, you know, we always do and we always should but I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's any more urgent. I suppose when you get desperate, it's a little more urgent. But I believe it's, Christians, it's important to pray. I believe we're in a time when maybe it's more important. I don't know if more important is the right word, but I just know it's a time when we need to pray. And we need to pray according to the word of God. We need to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Because nothing else is going to change things, folks. Nothing. You know, we can try. We can do all kinds of stuff. But, you know, we're going to fall short what we do in our flesh. 
You know, there's so much going on around us and people are trying in the flesh to solve things. And I guess you can try your best to solve things and that's okay. But I just tell you, things are a place where only the Word of God is going to solve the stuff we're dealing with. Only the Word of God. It's going to be His Word, His kingdom coming, and His will being done that's going to change things. And one day, one day, it's going to happen once and for all. Once and for all, his kingdom's going to come. His kingdom's going to come, and he's going to reign forever. Until that day, until that day, we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life, in your life, and in the world around us. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord, you would just help us to sometimes remind ourselves that, Lord, it's about your kingdom. It's about what you want. It's about your will being done. And then, Lord, remind us that we can know your will because we know your word. And when we know your word, Lord, help us to stand on that word. Lord, help us to stand on truth. Help us to stand on what you've said, not what we think, but, Lord, on what you've said in your word. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray in in the situations that we experience in everyday life and the things going on around us, Lord, you just remind us that we need your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And Lord, that it starts with us as individuals. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that's never made you the king of their life, they've never been born again, they've never received you, Lord, that you would encourage them to do that today. They can make that decision today. Lord, if they make that decision, I pray you'd encourage them to share it with somebody. Somebody that might pray with them. If, they, if they'd like, um, Rose and Jim will be up front afterwards to pray with them, or, or they can come tell me or anybody that, that they've made that decision. Lord, we just pray that you just work in hearts and lives, and Lord, just draw us to you. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, we pray that we would go forth as your people, proclaiming your kingdom wherever we have opportunity. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.